0: Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with
1: Amex. here. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full lineup of Yokohama tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you. One of over 10,000 recommended installers, TireRack.com. The way tire buying should be.
2: The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin.
1: So the trade deadline, I assume you know by now, is coming, gone in baseball, and it was, some people are trying to upsell this. I'm I'm going to be a realist here. It was lacking sex appeal. Uh, some people are baseball wonks love it. They're they're all orgasmic because of the, the number of trades, the the quantity, not necessarily the quality. There were two big headline moves, although really one, which was Zach Greinke, who's Kind of old, uh, and he's going to the Astros. Thirty-five years old, former Dodger, former Royal, former Diamondback, now former pretty much Angel Brewer. Guys been all over the place, and so that was the big move. Houston gave up a bunch of lottery tickets to get Zach Greinke. Of course, baseball wonks love lottery tickets. They the baseball wonk community is convinced every minor league player is going to be the next Mike Trout. Every single one, if not Mike Trout, Willie Mays. If not Willie Mays, Sandy Koufax. If not Sandy Koufax, Bob Gibson, Nolan Ryan. Every minor league player is just wonderful. They can't get enough. So, Arizona, enjoy that. You got a bunch of those guys. Knock yourself out. And then some people were excited about the Cubs because they picked up the disgruntled Nick Castellanos of the Tigers who goes to Wrigley Field. Maybe he had complained about the ballpark in Detroit. He was unhappy with the ballpark there. So those are a couple of the bigger names. But you know the mantra of our show. We'll, we'll revisit Zach Grenke because I'll have to set the record straight. There's a lot of people here that are uh, going a little crazy. Now, the Astros should be the World Series favorite. But that doesn't mean anything. All right? That means I was about to say a bad word. I didn't say it, though. I caught myself, all right? I caught myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anyway, uh, so on our show, the uh, the mantra is the better stories in losing locker room or the losing front office. In this case, it's the big fish of baseball. It's the Yankees, Red Sox, and Dodgers. But since Boston already won the World Series, uh, we will leave them out for now. I know I did see Dave Dombrowski, who was – Spinning, spinning yarn about the Red Sox lack of activity and how you know, he trusts his team and all that. And of course, the Yankees, uh, the Red Sox go out and vomit uh, against. Well, Rick Parcello went out and vomited against Tampa Bay. So, since Boston's already won the World Series, uh, they're good. they won every every few years here. This last twenty years, they win the World Series. So we're all right. Uh, so you've got New York, who desperately needed not one but two starting pitchers. They got none. The Los Angeles Baseball Club, who has a bullpen that is oozing pus, did they go out and get a quality established Major League Relief pitcher? Uh, no. All right, so let's discuss. Now, I am going to play a game. I haven't played this game in a long time. Uh, if you've been with me a long time, if you're a member of the Mallard Militia, you're a militia man or woman, and you've been listening a long time, I-, I haven't done this in a long time. It's playing the game, pin the tail on the donkey. So the question all right, Yankees or Dodgers, who's the bigger donkey for not making a major trade? All right, now, you might say I'm going to go with the Dodgers and complain about the Dodgers now. No, I'm not. The bigger loser here is the Yankees. All right, the Bronx Bombers pin the tail on the donkey, which is Brian Cashman, the GM of the Yankees. Now, I'll get to the Dodgers in a minute, but my observations here, you've got the open wound, the pea shooter, and the hand grenade, and we will put all of this Together and we'll have a a wonderful time. Now, before we do that, though, let's hear from Brian Cashman, who is about to explain why he sat on his hands and did absolutely nothing—not even of note, nothing at all.
5: It wasn't for lack of effort. Um, we, you know, engaged all teams uh, some, you know, some players. Obviously, we we didn't match up for. Uh, other circumstances, those players weren't really available, even though they're, you know, widely talked about in the in the public setting. Um, some of them, obviously, you know, uh, had some, whether it was contract status issues or medical issues. So it's just a lot of different, you know, uh, individual uh, circumstances that basically put us in a position to, to to not be able to complete anything you know as my job obviously is constantly trying to improve this club and and you know we're doing it for a long time and um you know and just in terms of the circumstance we didn't get close to anything um but we certainly knocked on all doors had a lot of ideas and exchange of ideas with clubs and in our effort to improve um but the fallback has always been we know we have a good club already um and uh and you know the job is to obviously look under every rock to see if you can turn up something to add to what we already have, and uh, just you know didn't get that didn't get that done. Yeah,
1: all right, uh, that was a professional tap dance routine, was that was? <laughs> all right, a couple. Of, now, number one, Brian Cashman, the guy you heard just there, uh, he's a weasel. Uh, he didn't do his job. I don't. we are going to give him a part? A- you can give him a participation trophy because he tried. Give him a cookie. He, hey, he talk to all the teams. You know, like, hey, I really tried. I just it didn't work out. That's not how it works. the The Yankees have a gaping hole in their starting rotation. They needed, as I said, two starting pitchers to rejuvenate the rotation and help with the team morale. I said, well, the Yankees have a great record. They're going to be in the playoffs. They could be the top team in the American League. You know, okay, but Brian Cashman. Didn't do his job. He failed. He failed. There were three pitchers that were traded. Marcus Stroman, who went from Toronto to the Mets, by all accounts, Toronto got a bag of beans for Stroman. Not much at all. Trevor Bauer, quantity. I don't know how much quality there is. Bauer went from Cincinnati to Cleveland in that three-team trade. And then Zach Grenke, who was traded for a bag full of suspects, to Arizona. And you're telling me the New York Yankees who always brag about their minor league system and how great they are, and they, they, they didn't want to make a deal for any of those guys? This is a demoralizing situation, is what it is. You know, And the fact that Bauer and Stroman ended up on non-contenders, teams under five hundred, losers, dumpsters, and that's where they ended up. Garbage. You know, and, and then the, the Bronx Bombers, to have salt poured on the open wound, you got to listen to your weasel GM Cashman that we already played there going on and on doing a whole song and dance routine and singing like an acapella, uh, you know, an opera singer. Uh, so you have that, but then you have Greinke who gets traded but gets traded to one of your teams you're going to have to go against in, to get to, just to the World Series. Forget win the World Series. You're not going to win the American League pennant if you can't get through Houston. And that energizes the Astros and all that. It was the fourth quarter. You had a field goal lead, the Yankees, and you decided to punt, and then you watched your opponent return it 98 yards for a touchdown as time ran out at the trade deadline. That's what happened to the Yankees. You know, it reminds me, and this was an illegal forward pass by Frank Wycheck, but the Music City Miracle... Uh, which took place many, many years ago, but you can look it up on YouTube. That was an illegal forward pass by Frank Weichick. But that's the kind of demoralizing, oh my God, I can't believe what happened, oh the humanity type of moment there at the trade deadline for the Yankees. And Because this trade, this the Granke trade, you know, I was kind of groggy because I work overnights, but I woke up and, and at the deadline, this had not been reported as a done deal. It, this happened about 30 minutes or so after the trade deadline where they announced the Zach Granke trade to the Astros. Now the second thing here, if you look at the, the micro and the macro, right? If you look at the micro, you say, well, the Yankees have a problem. If you look at the macro, you say, oh, my God, are we screwed when the playoffs come around. Because in the second half of the season, the Yankees' starting rotation is the worst. Bottom of the barrel. Bottom of the barrel in Major League Baseball. A bunch of Zs, all right? They are last. Collectively, the ERA of the Yankees, you know, I, had a, I had a good day, had a pretty good day at Yankee Stadium in the afternoon game uh, against Arizona. But uh, the ERA is 7.65 since the All-Star break. You know what that is? That is packaged fertilizer. And, and these guys are, I, I don't see how it's salvageable. It looks unsalvageable to me in terms of the arms race in baseball, If you think of this like an intergalactic battle, which is a lot more fun than thinking about it like baseball. So if you think about it like an intergalactic battle, the Astros rotation is as lethal as an anaconda. The Yankees have a pea shooter. All right. So that's the Yankee rotation. You're talking about James Paxton, Domingo Herman. Who? Masahiro Tanaka. Uh, these guys are not very good. You don't trust any of them. Paxton gave up three home runs in one game to Mookie Betts. Uh, la- was it last weekend? And Domingo Herman, who's I guess the best of the bunch, but do you trust him in Game One of an American League playoff series? I don't. Tanaka. Oh, he's big game Tanaka. Okay, never heard of him. Then you got Severino, who's been out. He's not expected back till late August. Who knows? We know baseball players take a long time to get back into form. So who knows if he's going to provide anything for? Uh, the Yankees. Now, the final point on this. Now we will get to the Komodo dragon in the room. It's wearing a blue Dodger cap. Oh. All
6: right.
1: Now, the Dodgers with some very meek activity at the trade deadline. But why don't we hear from Andrew Friedman before I go full guns a blazing at the Los Angeles Dodgers? Now here is Andrew Friedman. He's a big, big cheese there with the Dodgers, and makes a ton of money, and he keep getting the World Series, and uh, just uh, every year they're great. They make the playoffs. They own the National League West. But then that damn pesky World Series. They get to the World Series and they roll over in the fetal position in big spots and start sucking their thumb. Uh, And uh, it's just terrible. Anyway, here's Andrew Friedman. He was on with uh, my guys, Petros and Money, uh, earlier. And a big show in L.A., big rock stars on AM570. Anyway, uh, Friedman, they do afternoon drive so they're better people because they're on in the afternoon when people are in their cars. They mean more. They mean more. They absolutely mean more. Anyway, uh, here's Andrew Friedman uh, pointing out, much like Brian Cashman, uh, it's the the twilight zone.
6: It was a strange market. I mean, I take that from the beginning of July, I think. Just the number of teams who were, you know, kind of within five games of a playoff spot, I can't remember a dynamic like that. And so even the conversations in mid-June, late-June, early-July, were just different than how they've been in the past. And so, so my sense all along was that things were going to cu- kind of start sorting themselves out in the middle of July, and then things would get a little bit more pointed as we got to the backside.
1: Okay. So that was just a bad phone. Uh, he's going to get him a better phone. But hey, here's more from the, the, the grand poobah of the Dodgers. Friedman, who sounds, uh, to me in this one, he sounds kind of like Brian Cashman because he's, he's doing a little tap dance, a little Fred Astaire act. Uh, here, listen.
6: As far as being aggressive and making aggressive offers that, who knows, a year or two from now, we could, we could have really regretted. You know, I feel good that we did all we could to be really aggressive and short of one of those things lining up. And you know, we got a guy who fits in with you know, kind of the composition of our team really well and complements our existing guys.
1: So they're afraid that one of the beloved minor league players will turn out to be a great player, and so they they had that's you know what that's called a paralysis of analysis is what that is. You're like you're like uh, the, the fear factor is uh, very real. Okay, so that's fine. That's the, the Dodgers. They're not worse than the Yankees because the Yankees rival in the American League to win the American League pennant got Zach Greinke. The Dodgers rival didn't. They, they did not. I mean, the Dodgers did make some trades. Uh, you know, and perfect to sum up my thoughts on the whole situation. They got a guy named Jerko. Uh, Jed Jerko, because there's a lot of Jerkos. <laughs> Utility guy who's been terrible for the Cardinals, but had you know, good numbers in previous years. And they got that fat guy, Tyler White, to improve the bench. There's nothing I like more than a good bench. I like a good-looking bench. I get excited about I don't know about you. I love good bench. As far as the piecemeal bullpen, nah, they got some guy I've never heard of from Tampa Bay who's got a career ERA of over four. I'm sure he will be the messiah. He'll be the savior. So on on the Mather scale of anger, one to ten, considering I didn't believe they would actually do anything, I'm at a seven. So I didn't anticipate... Friedman dealing any of these minor league players. He loves the hidden treasures. He is obsessed with diamonds in the rough. And so I'm actually, if Edwin Diaz was the guy that they wanted, which everyone seems to think is the guy the Dodgers tried to get, I'm glad they didn't get him because he would have sucked. And you know, the Dodgers did make trades the last couple years to win the World Series. And those trades, those transactions the last two years, which seemed great at the time, it was like a hand grenade blowing up in your face with you, Darvish, his ERA over 20 in the World Series. Game seven, he wet his diaper in game seven. Again, I was there. I watched it. Embarrassed. Had to tie the Astros in the World Series in 2017. And Manny Machado. Good old Manny. They picked him up from the Orioles. Big bat. World Series. Batted 182. And his signature moment as a Dodger, not hustling in the World Series. Not I'm not talking about spring training in the cactus of the grapefruit league. I'm talking about World Series. Remember that again hit a ball off the wall and uh, thought it was gone. La, 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 la. Of course he did that like a couple days after he said he was not Johnny Hustle, not Charlie Hustle, not, yeah, anyway. All right. So, uh, a couple points of optimism. You know, I see the world as a glass half full. I mean, there, there's there are some some avenues here for the Dodgers. They didn't trade for anybody good, but they're going to have to figure out whether Joe Kelly, who's pitched well since June, is actually really good, or he's going to morph back into stinking. Joe Kelly did the same thing with the Red Sox last year. where He was pretty bad for about half of the year, and then the last part of the year he did uh, did all right. And the Red Sox last year had bullpen problems, although they did trade for some help in Nathan Evaldi, and that worked out, and Kimbrell was bad, and then that scumbag Eric Gagne. Remember Gagne supposedly tipped off Kimbrell and he was sipping his pitches? This guy spent like a, you know, ha- half of uh, his career with the Dodgers. The rest of it, he bounced all over. He spent like a cup of coffee in Boston. He's helping out an enemy combatant, Eric Gagne. What's up with that? But no, the reason for optimism is the Dodgers, they wouldn't trade this guy, Dustin May. So they called him up. He's going to pitch the game on Friday night. He's their top pitching suspect. He's 21 years old. He looks kind of like Carrot Top. He's like a skinny Carrot Top. <laughs> And he's going to be on the mound there. And I, Some people are excited about the Braves because they improved their bullpen. Well, we don't know if they actually did improve their bullpen. We'll see how these guys do when they get to Atlanta. But you know, as it sits right now, the Dodgers are still the top team in the National League. They are still the team everyone's chasing in the National League. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. It's a little more problematic to get to win the World Series. Like, I think the path to win the National League pennant is still very, very good. The World Series, uh, it's a different situation. Anyway. All right. It's Ben Maller's show on Fox and Hocus Pocus, Abracadabra. Right now we welcome in Edmund Dallas, Steamboat Willie, Judas, Solid Gold, 9-5 to Corporate Jar Jar, the Mad F Bomber of sports fodder.
0: Now I know you're not necessarily into positive radio. It's, I just uh, did
1: positive radio. I said the Dodgers really. have reasons for optimism. No. Dustin May Mr. May in October. I'm excited about seeing and him. You've and had a contentious, Joe Kelly. Uh, a contentious
0: relationship with uh, the folks in Houston.
1: Yeah. Are you ready to heap praise on the Astros
0: for getting rid of some suspects to bring in uh, uh, obviously well, the biggest name eh, at the
6: deadline?
1: Yeah, I-, I will address that. It's on my list Eddie. Okay. Later we'll do a monologue at some point here later on about Zach Greinke, but I have some uh, mixed feelings about Zach Greinke. I have some mixed feelings about that. But yeah, on the surface, it seems like a wonderful trade. I, I'm not going to sit here and say it's not. And the Astros deserve to be the favorite. They are the favorite now, the betting favorite to win the World Series, and that's fine. Uh, so bet your money on the Astros. Everyone bet on the Astros. Remember that. Bet your money on the Astros. Uh, have a good time. Okay, because we'll we'll get to. Uh, that later didn't this Verlander story though with him putting stuff on his fingers there and oh. doctoring the ball, uh, that that story died. Nobody talked about that. He was able to bamboozle the, the people in the media. No mainstream media other than us. We're not mainstream because we're on overnights. That's for sure. And, uh, yeah, we're not that important because we're on late at night. But anyway, uh, so so you saw that and, and a bunch of people. I'm supposed to get excited about these other minor trades. I don't. I'm sorry. There, there was I, no other trades to get excited about. Not there was excited. a lot. I mean, may,
0: maybe somebody will. Step up and surprise us and, and contribute, but no. Yeah, Nick Castellanos, come on. Well, you
1: know, come on, guy was great with the Tigers. Just was ask uh, who. Just ask the nerds; they love his stats. Got good, he's got good exit velocity. On uh, yeah, that's great. <laughs> Yeah, well, wait till the, the the Astros right now. Somewhere underneath their stadium, they've taken Zach cranky in, and they're giving him a crash course on uh, spitballs and oh, scuffing the baseball. And because man, that's what Verlander got to Houston, and all of a sudden, uh, overnight, he went from a, a marginal pitcher with the Tigers, who people thought n- nobody wants. You know, this is how little people thought of Justin Verlander. Nobody teams could have blocked it. It was a waiver trade. He had the old setup in baseball. Where he had to pass through trade waivers. The Yankees, the other teams in the American League, could have blocked Verlander from being traded and the teams in the National League, uh, but nobody did because they thought he's got too much money and he's not that good. And then he learned... Uh, maybe he didn't learn the spitball. Maybe it's just coincidence that the spin rate went up and all that.
3: I, I, don't I don't know what the hell spin rate is. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
1: It has been positioned as unchartered territory for the New England Patriots. It was Tom Brady talk to the media day. Always exciting when Tom Brady gives his state of the football life address to reporters who cover the pages. Now, the defending Super Bowl champs dealing with the face of the franchise. Now, if you were not paying attention to this and you haven't followed along, uh, we'll get you caught up to speed. So. You might have missed it. Tom Brady has never entered a season in the last year of his contract. Now, technically, the regular season hasn't started yet, so it still might not happen. There's time to get a deal done before the NFL kicks off about a month from now for real games. But as he begins preparations for his 20th campaign, 20th year in the NFL with the Patriots, Tom Brady is not contractually bound to the Patriots past this year. Oh, my God. No. Oh, my God. Now, we are told his agents have had regular dialogue with Mr. Kraft and the big shots with the Patriots who are handing out the money, and they haven't yet worked out a deal, but they're talking. That has not stopped the speculation. And Tom Brady was asked about that very thing, about his future with the Patriots and how this was all going to work out. Tom Brady, who always deflects everything, uh, we have the audio. I'm going to play the audio. Here's uh, Tom Brady, rather smugly playing a little game with the media.
3: You're in the final year of your contract. Uh, Is it going year to year a possibility? And are you comfortable with that?
1: I mean, we're all day to day if you think
2: about it. I mean, none of us are really promised anything. So, I mean, I'm trying to do the best I could do today and, you know, just let those things sort themselves out. Do you
5: feel like you earned an extension, Tom?
2: Have I earned it? I don't know. You guys, that's up for talk, show, debate. What do you guys think? Oh, good. Should we take a a poll? Sure. All right. Talk to Mr. Kraft. Come on. No, Um, we, like I said, we got a great relationship. So, we'll see how it goes.
1: All right. So, again, just to recap, uh, we're all day today, if you think about it, which I've heard a million times over the years. That's his uh, his old man coming out there, Tom Brady. Uh, we've heard that, and uh, that's up for talk show debate. Boy, that perked my my ears because, you know, guess what? Surprise, we're doing a talk show. So he said it's up for talk show debate, so let's debate. Uh, the question, has Tom Brady earned a contract extension. Now, I'm actually going to go no on this. At this point in time, I would vote no on this. I think the Patriots are doing the right thing. You've got treading water, chickens, and cheat days. And we will connect everything together. Now, first of all, for the simpletons that say no matter what, Tom Brady should be taken care of. It is not that straightforward. It's more complex than that. Tom Brady is heading into his 42nd birthday this weekend. Happy birthday, Tom! Hope you have a nice time. Don't eat anything with sugar. But Brady's a dinosaur by NFL standards. Now, he's well, he won the Super Bowl last year, which is true. You're supposed to be calling games on TV at this age, shout out Romo, who's actually younger than Brady, or make annoying commercials like Peyton Manning. That's what you're supposed to be doing at this particular age. Now, even though Tom Brady was really good in a couple of playoff games for the Patriots. His regular season was marginal. He was a marginal quarterback during the regular season. The Patriots are making the right call. I don't believe they're going to continue to make the right call because whatever Brady wants, he's going to get ultimately. But if the the Patriots do show some intestinal fortitude here to play the slow game, that's the way to go. Never has New England been the type of franchise that has paid players – because of past performance. You win a bunch of Super Bowls, that's great, but you know, come back, we'll give you a red jacket, you can go in the Patriots Hall of Fame. They reward players for what they are going to do, what they project to do, not what they have done. And Tom Brady knows where all the bodies are buried, around the Patriot facility, because he's witnessed it. He's witnessed all of that. Can he still be a top 10 quarterback during the regular season? Does he have to be a top-ten quarterback? Can the Patriots win enough regular season games because the AFC East is so mediocre with the Jets, good luck on Le'Veon Bell, and the Dolphins, who just fired their offensive line coach a couple days in the training camp, and the Buffalo Bills of a guy that can't complete basic passes, and Josh Allen. It's a mess. All these teams are a hot mess, the Patriots rivals. But Tom Brady's got his own issues. So, yeah, I think it's it's smart to go slow. I don't believe Tom Brady will be a top-ten quarterback this year. Brady was in the middle of the bell curve last season. Uh, in fact, you look at some of the, the indicators, and you're like, whoa, wait a minute here. Ooh. A 7.6 yards per catch. He was tied with Marcus Mariota of the Titans. Now, that's not good. Yards per catch is a big indicator. Tom Brady was 15th in the NFL overall quarterback rating behind... Dakota Prescott, Dink, Dunk, Dak, three D, uh, and and that was the guy that was one of the guys that was ahead of him, and and Brady had Tom, uh, Tom had uh, Gronkowski rather last year. So so Brady anyway, listen, he's not going to be terrible. I'm not sitting here and saying Brady's going to completely suck, uh, but at some point he will reach the expiration date. So if you're running the Patriots. You got to factor that in, and if you say, "Well, it doesn't matter," you got to pay them. Well, you're in denial. Look what happens to teams that pay guys, and uh, they, they uh, because of goodwill. The Lakers with Kobe Bryant, as an example, gave him the golden parachute and all that. Now, secondly, much of the media coverage about this particular story has been contrived. All right, it absolutely is. Robert Kraft is the godfather for Tom Brady. They have a parental type of Setup. At least it seems from the outside. And, uh, Brady's, by all accounts, very content, uh, pleased to play for the Patriots. And uh, the, the way I interpret this, he likes to stir things up. He was playing around. The, the media, they're lemmings. They take the bait. It's a nice story. Get some clicks, clickety click, on social media, you know. And then breaks up the monotony of the early part of training camp. And oh, big headlines! Final hours of Tom Brady's career. It's low-hanging fruit, which is often the most delicious fruit. Enormous franchise tag number. If Brady has to be franchise tagged, the Patriots would have to pay him $32 million. Oh, my God! It's a way to poke the Patriot fan, those that don't pay attention, to have anxiety, uh, and, and thinking, oh, tb is going to get out of here. Get all bent out of shape. But it's manufacture, You manufacture some drama. And I'm assuming Tom Brady doesn't serve up dog food. Uh, that he will will get a contract. This will all sort itself out. They'll throw him a bone. uh, And and it'll likely be done before the start of the regular season. Like I said, I think the Patriots would be wise to wait until the season plays out, at least midway through the season, before handing out the contract. And it's not like they're going to have to pay him that much anyway. Brady's always given a discount. His contracts have been in the discount bin pretty consistently here. For the Patriots, he's 18th in quarterback salaries this year. And he, he can do that for two reasons. Number one, he's got a wife who's one of the wealthiest women on the planet from the catwalk. He's got that going for him. Everyone knows about that. But there's another thing here. that At some point, the chickens will come home to roost financially for Brady. Uh, the conspiracy is that Brady, when, when everything's done, he wants to get that money he left on the table. So when he's retired... He will bring in, be brought in as a Patriot ambassador, that Robert Kraft will bring in Brady, and he will be a goodwill ambassador, meaning he will get paid back everything in spades. Right? Robert Kraft can pay him if he wants, in theory, $40-$50 million a year to shake hands, kiss babies, and be a figurehead. There's no salary cap for team employees, and Brady's no longer playing, and he's announced his retirement, filed the paperwork, then... Ta-da! Pay him whatever you want. Salary cap, front office, not pay anybody. Anything you want. All right, now the final thought here. So the the other big revelation from the the Patriots training camp involves Tom Brady and girth. Size, right? Brady is noticeably beefier uh, than than in the past. Uh, TB12 claimed it was strategic. Uh, Brady said he's trying to sell the fact, at least this is my interpretation, he didn't say I'm trying to sell the fact, but he he's, appears to be selling the fact that he has put on weight this offseason to, quote, try to absorb the hits a little bit more. Now, I have a great appreciation. This is a home run for spin, okay? He hit a home run on this one. It's Trent's job, Okay. Uh, By all accounts, Tom Brady is uber, hyper, obsessively focused on his body, right? We hear all the time when he's done playing football, he will continue to evangelize the teachings of the TB12 formula, which has always been, he wrote a book, Muscle Pliability, right? Those two big buzzwords, Muscle Pliability for Brady, unlock your sustained peak performance part of the TB12 formula, 25 glasses of water, the electrolytes and all that. So the alternative theory here from the Illuminati is that Brady, who didn't go to the mandatory workouts in the offseason, because he didn't have to, most of them anyway, uh, he decided to spend time with his family, which is fine, he could do that. He's loud, he's winning all these Super Bowls, gives him a little leeway on that. But let's say he spent a little too much time off, maybe had occasional cheat days, which is very odd for him, and uh, he's fat. He, He fattened up a little bit. But this excuse is golden, all right? And he wanted to absorb hits. Like, if you're some middle-aged guy listening to the show and you go to the doctor and your doctor says, what happened? I mean, you, what are you doing? I mean, you gained a couple of pounds. I mean, what you you got to gotta lose the weight. You say, doctor, calm down. Let me tell you something, doctor, doctor, okay? I'm giving you the news, all right? This is this is tremendous here. I gain weight in case I get into an auto accident. I can absor- absorb the, the thrust of the, the hit. So that's why I did it. Yeah. So I'm perfect, I'm preparing myself in case I get smashed in an in a car wreck. Yeah. How about that? All right, so Ben Maller's show on Fox. You should try that when you go to the doc use that as your excuse. Uh, yeah. My theory. Might get a little dicey, depending on your doctor, right? Yeah, it yeah, yeah, could, could be okay. All right, it's Ben Maller's show on Fox. We say hello to Edmund Dallas, Steamboat Willie, Judas, Solid Gold, 9-5, to five, Corporate Jar Jar, the mad F-bomber of sports fodder Garcia. So we had the trade deadline also in, in baseball, Eddie. Yes, we did. And uh, a story that's gotten a lot of play here is Trevor Bauer, who showed up at the Indians game even though he had already been traded, this is this is last night or yesterday afternoon. I guess he was in Cleveland and he they, they showed up and he was there. And this is very bizarre. This is like getting fired from a radio station and then listening to the radio station. Who does that, right? I mean, was he there picking up his
0: stuff? I no, he mean, was in the crowd watching the game. Oh, that is weird. Yeah, oh, that, you know what the weirdest story of that reminds me? What Terry Collins? You remember this? He was managing the Angels. He got fired, and then the crowd, the like a couple days later, maybe even a couple weeks later, the camera picked him up sitting in like in the outfield by himself watching the game. Oh, that's sad.
1: It was sad. That's sad, like a lost puppy dog. <laughs> I'm like, There's you, a guy you, who's you, never going to get another job. the you know, nah, New York Mets. You know, what's also sad is that I uh, was around the Angels a lot in those days. Terry Collins was the manager, and there was a coup led by Randy Valardi, a player, uh, an infielder who had played for the Yankees and came to the Angels, and they didn't like. Terry Francona, because he was asking them the players. Terry Collins. Terry, or Terry Collins. Collins Terry Francona. I got my Terry's mixed up. I all these Terry's look the same to me. Okay.
0: <laughs> they, all Ray the Ray Ray they all look Ray the same. They all look the same. Anyway, forced. so Terry
1: Collins was managing the Angels at the time, and he was demanding of the players to do certain things that they felt, you know, extra batting packs, things like that. They'd, How dare he? They weren't very good, and he, they were competitive, but not great. And so, anyway, the players got upset. There was a revolt led by Randy Velarde, and the main complaint was Collins was, he should not be allowed to talk to them that way because he never played in the Major Leagues. And so he didn't feel the pain of Major League Baseball because he never made it, and so they felt like they didn't have, they didn't respect him. I, I remember the whole story. Ever,
0: ever had a boss radio who did not
1: host the radio show? Uh Yes. Yes, exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you but, still listen to your boss, sorry. Well, most people that... Our programming people at some point did something. They just didn't, maybe didn't. They chose the path where they have more job security, which I don't blame them for. You ever going to be a PD? you know, a program director? I, some guys cross over late in their career, they become program directors. I heard that uh, our front record, Ralph. Uh, yeah, he ran a in station yeah. in Orlando, which is amazing to me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my God. Uh, yeah, I know. I've known a couple. Other, I've been in long enough. I know some people that run uh, different different radio stations. And but then you got to deal with the the corporate, the upper corporate BS. No, thank you. I mean that's. I mean we we get a little bit of it, but we get filtered corporate BS. Imagine having to get right from the horse's mouth the corporate BS. Uh, not good.
3: Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific.
1: Choose from the full lineup of Kumo tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com to see their Kumo test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers.
6: It's Maller. How about that? To the third degree.
3: This is when Big Ben gets grilled. All
6: right,
1: third degree time. We bring in the Coop.
3: Dalu.
2: Ben, the popular statistics website 5038 released some odds the other day. Uh, They predicted that the new look Oklahoma City Thunder will win 41 games next season. Ben, what's your over-under on wins for the Thunder?
1: You know, I spent a lot of time... Paralyzed over stats for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, I I do. But no, first thing here the, the nerds at this website are completely wrong. Oklahoma City will win around 30 games, give or take five in any direction. I would lean towards less than 30. I would say you know 25 to 30, but maybe they win 33 games. There is no stability. Everyone is fighting for themselves. Every man, woman, and child in Oklahoma involving the basketball team, uh, these players know even if they play well, they're not part of the long-term plan. Oklahoma City's got lottery picks up the wazoo to replace them. So that's a problem. And B, who knows what the the final roster is going to look like. They're still stuck with Chris Paul as dead weight. He'll get hurt, so he'll be out. And many people think at some point here they're going to trade Stephen Adams, the Kiwi, and Danilo Gallinari, who they just got from the Clippers. They'll flip them. Possibly for Blake Griffin of Oklahoma City, but expect a lot of turmoil. Billy Donovan, how long does he last in the dust bowl? So uh, no, there's no way they win 41 games. Plus, you've got the Western Conference, which is stacked. Next,
2: now it's been two years since Rob Ryan last coached in the NFL. He's now a linebackers coach for the Redskins. Ryan said that he never lost confidence that he would return to the league. Ben, do you see Rob Ryan getting back into a coordinator position eventually, or do you think this is where he will fade away?
1: All right, so so number one, I am pulling for Rob Ryan. He looks like uh, a pregnant grandma on a, on a biker gang. I'm a fan of Rob Ryan. And you, failed, you buried the lead, Coop. You know, when he was on sabbatical from the NFL, guess where he was working? Right here. here. Yeah. Yeah, he was part of the Fox Sports Radio family. Now, little Birdie, since he doesn't work here anymore, I can tell the story. Little Birdie says one of the, one of the legendary stories of Rob Ryan's tenure at the company. He planned a European vacation, which is not a problem, except it was during football season, which is kind of an important time for a football coach to be on the air. Yes, I think so. Anyway, listen. Uh, as far as your, to answer your question, will he ever be a coordinator uh, again? Uh, there's like a one percent chance that he that he ends up getting that position. And the problem he's got the last two years, last couple of years, he was a defensive coordinator in New Orleans. They were 28th and 32nd, I think, in points allowed uh, back in the day. And you know he can get a job as an assistant for for a number of years, but not a coordinator. That one percent. Is if Rob Ryan gets another head coaching job, uh, his, uh, or Rex Ryan rather, his brother Rex. If Rex gets a, another head coaching job, then Rob could be a coordinator again. All right, next. The
2: last NBA season was certainly a breakout year for D'Angelo Russell. He went from being labeled a bust to being an all star. <laughs> Who are some guys that you think could have a breakout year this season, Ben?
1: Well, listen, Kuba, people look to me as a distant relative of the great Nostradamus. Uh, and you know, in August, there's nothing. I, it's the first day of August. here. very worried about the NBA, which starts in like uh, like two months or something. But uh, to answer your question. now Baseball season's over for me. I've moved on. Oh, yeah. Well, you can do that every spring training with the Angels. Anyway, Montrezl Harrell. Montrezl Harrell of the Clippers. Now, this guy played well last year, but the stakes are much higher now. The stage is bigger. The bright lights are are just a little bit brighter now with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. I would expect him to blow the F up in a good way with the Clippers here. People are going to be like, I love this guy. I can't. Where did this guy come from? And uh, also keep an eye on Jason Tatum in, in Boston. Now that the curmudgeon is gone, there's no excuse. It is Jason Tatum Celtics. Yeah, I know they got Kemba Walker and all that, but Tatum's got to lead the way there, and he can't use the Kyrie excuse. Kyrie's in Brooklyn. He ain't walking through that door. So it's his time to shine for the Celtics. All right, there it is. Mallard to the third degree. How did we do?
2: Sorry, Ben. You failed this edition. How how, how did I
1: fail? You picked a clipper and a
2: Celtic? How convenient.
7: You lose. Good day, sir. You missed the you obvious You acquaint. missed the obvious Where answer, Kyle Kuzma.
1: Kyle Kuzma? Kuzma? He's more worried about hanging out in yachts with Kardashian spawn. <laughs> Montrez Harrell's lifting weights. He's carrying 500 pounds up Who? Santa Monica's steps. That's Montrez Harrell.
3: Never heard of him. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. It's now time for... Time, time for...
6: Time for well, hurry, hurry, I can hardly wait. Ask Ben. Twitter. Send us your questions on Twitter now. And
1: it is Ask Ben. Your questions are answers for the rest of the hour here. You can ask us questions about anything you want, but the boring sports questions probably won't make it on the air. We pass the mic over to Koopaloop, the reader of the questions who will lay it on thick.
2: All right, Ben, we're going to start off with a question for you. All right. Uh, This one is from Will PG. Hi, Will. Uh, He said, which would be worse, Ralph Irvin being your boss or (laughs) David Gascon being your boss? Well,
1: equally or bad, but in different ways. Uh, With Gagon, I I would be afraid he would back into my car. He doesn't know how to park. Uh, He's challenged in that department. And uh, Ralph... You know, I'd have to give I'm going to shock you. I'm going to go with Ralph. A lot of people think Gascon's at the top, but I'm going with Ralph. I'm going to put Ralph number one. Wreck it, Ralph. I mean, he could be talking my ear off. And if he's my boss, I can't tell him to get out of here. <laughs> All right. Uh, next. All right. Here's another question for
2: you, Ben. Yeah. Uh, this is from Just Josh. Hi, Josh. He's. He's obviously
1: trying to stir us up. Okay. So we'll see. So, if, of course, you're going to take the bait and you're going to Well, throw we'll it see out if there. you take you're the trying bait. Try to weaponize this. Yeah, you don't, have, this to, you don't have to answer Take it. a samurai sword out. Okay, go ahead.
2: Uh, he said it's the 11th hour of the P1 collar trade deadline, and a deal huh. is in the works to bring Real Talk, Weed Man, and Randy Norman <laughs> oh, back to funny. the show. Oh, those are three good callers. Which yeah. callers do you package up, Ben, and send outbound in your trade?
1: <laughs> That's a great one. All right. Now, I believe now I'm going to take the bait. Now, you got to to get something, you got to give some. Qua- trades are quid pro quo. So I am willing. Uh, here's what I'm willing to do I will throw in a package trade. And I love these guys, but it's got to happen. So to get Randy and Norman, I don't know about Weedman, but real talk. I mean, to get these guys back, I would be willing to trade. Hollering James, I would throw in, in addition here, veteran season slugger. You ready? Lance the bus driver. Oh, I thought All you were right. going to go Pete in Pittsburgh. No. Don't let a falling star fall on you. Well, Pete's, uh, listen, Pete's got no trade value. <laughs> yeah, he's already fallen.
6: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, I, I would trade. because you know, then you, And I'd throw in a first-round pick, you know, a lottery pick as well for a future caller, like uh, Anthony and Anaheim's kid or the Aussie guy's kid. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, next <laughs> all right this
2: is from Bob on Facebook uh-huh. uh this is this for everyone yeah of all the monsters in movie history who's your favorite and least favorite uh
0: monsters what what defines a monster like
2: i I'm, anything? Like, well when, when to, i does hear, it have to be in a
1: movie does it have to be
2: i mean i, I yeah it says in movie history I, I, when I hear like monsters in movie history i I think you know.
1: Dracula,
0: Frankenstein. All right, all right, all right. I got you. Uh,
1: uh, All right. Uh, I don't know. Dracula, yeah. I don't know. How about the Satan? No? Is that not the movie? Didn't they make movies about- The Satan? Or Satan. I don't don't (laughs) think there's a the- uh, I don't know I haven't thought about monster. Uh, King Kong I don't know I'm gonna get crushed by King Kong Co- no the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man from Ghostbusters <laughs> there you go what about you Eddie
0: I mean I'm not a horror fan at all no uh, you don't uh, so. like Psycho or any of those but I, but I will say the, Poltergeist. The, the latest incarnation of Pennywise the Clown is pretty good that's a good one what pretty about good.
1: Doink the Clown Lenny Dykstra's friend no no all right Roberto any monsters or goblins uh, or? Freddy Krueger does it Freddy Krueger count what about the Chupacabra Chupacabra. Oh yeah,
0: yeah,
5: that's a good one. I so, say
6: Freddy. Uh, what about
0: <laughs> the Yeti? You afraid of the Yeti? No, no.
1: All right. Cool.
2: If I'm if I'm picking strictly from the classic uh, movie yeah. monsters, uh, I'd have to go Dracula. Uh, if I'm doing updated versions, then then the Mummy.
1: The Mummy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, afraid of the Mummy.
0: Alright, The Tom Cruise
1: Mummy What's
2: movie. It? No, I did no, not.
1: Okay, right. I, I, I like the I Brendan either. Fraser one. Aspen, oh. your question. Time is short. Uh-huh. We gotta get try to get a couple Sorry. more in here. Chop, chop. Okay. Um, yeah.
2: I, I misread this question, and it's not okay. what they asked. But then I thought what I misread was a better question, so I'm gonna All ask right? it. So this okay. is from me well, to everybody. Call it an All right. Yeah. Uh, have you guys, has anybody ever owned a trampoline?
1: I, I was a fat kid, Coop. Come on, man. <laughs> hey, hey, even when kid? you were a kid, I mean,
2: trampolines no, no, can hold no, fat no, people. No,
0: <laughs> not
1: really. I uh, know,
0: uh, Eddie. No, never had a trampoline. Uh, never. No, you, Coop. No, I no, wish. Really? I always
2: wanted a trampoline, but it was what just about one of those bounce houses. Did you
0: ever get? Can one you imagine of those? Ben on a trampoline though, like if he's with another kid, yeah. and they like timed it differently, and Ben would like shoot him I'd into shoot the neighbors that yard. I'd like
1: <laughs> be like Haley's comet flying up in the sky out there. Man, all right, there it is. Ask Ben, your questions, our answers. Uh, Thank you for that. Good job. Very distinctive. I don't know if it's noteworthy, but uh, it's in the book. (laughs) I know that. And it's more importantly on the podcast.